so last week we um, we we just sort of started the introduction uh, and today we're going to cover chapter 1 in the book so as i said uh, you know hopefully by next week all of you should get the books from uh, benji benji and justin uh, and um, um, you know and you can start reading it will really help you to read ahead uh, okay um, and uh, today we're going to talk about a uh, uh, sort of key foundational concept of uh, called getting to the heart of behavior and we're going to talk about the heart and and why why we are looking at shepherding a child's heart because uh, and as we'll see out of the heart come the the issues of life so but before that i i just want to um, want to just go back and just touch on one thing that we did cover last week so there were three concepts right one was authority one was shepherding and the third was the centrality of the gospel okay so uh, you know very often we come to these parenting uh, or, or child raising classes or whatever you want to call it and uh, and we are really you know our human nature is to look for quick fixes okay our human nature is to look for formula okay if i do this 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 then you know my kids will turn out right okay that's really not the way it works it doesn't work that way there is no you know quick uh, quick fix formula or formulae that uh, uh, you know that if you try this um, and if anybody tells you that they have a formula that you try this it's definitely going to work uh, you know it's it's not going to happen okay i i've been through a lot of parenting uh, kind of things early in my life uh, and and very often everybody would have people would come with these eight steps plans and all these kind of things you know seven step plans and you know if you did this then you know miracles would happen and and the reality is that's not how it is okay so so parenting takes a lot of time it takes a lot of commitment what what we are doing here is is really getting to understand what does the bible teach about parenting what is the ultimate goal of of parenting right um, and uh, that's what we talked about last week you know we talked about uh, if i can just go back uh, you know uh, a biblical vision for our children right uh, and very often how we choose to parent is very driven by the vision we have for our children right and we set this vision of you know our children should love the lord our god with all their hearts and all their soul and all their strengths uh, you know and the commandments Uh, are to be in your hearts right we want the commandment of god we want the understanding of god in their heart we want them to really uh, you know in the 17 years or whatever that you have with your children you want them to leave with that foundation of of a love for the lord their god okay and and that's really the vision uh and uh, uh and and you know of course we will talk about what the bible says about various tools and all but ultimately you know the uh, you know the it comes back to this uh, matter of the centrality of the gospel the central focus of parenting is the gospel right and that is not just to direct behavior and we'll talk a little bit more about that today in today's lesson but to actually get to the attitude of their heart okay to to show them uh, you know the the focus of sin so when you think about the gospel right what the what the gospel is and and uh, i just want to go back to this passage in ezekiel chapter 36 uh you know which uh, although it's in the old testament you know we think of gospel as you know the the four gospels right matthew mark luke and john but the principle of the gospel okay the truths of the gospel are throughout scriptures in the old testament as well and no better passage than this one which actually gives us the entirety 
of the gospel, right? So what is the, the gospel? Uh, you know, it's got, uh, it's got sort of three parts to it, okay? Uh, verse 25, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols, okay? So, so first, the first concept in the gospel is that we are sinners, right? It starts with that. And if you don't understand and accept, uh, and I don't understand and accept that I'm a sinner, then I don't even get to the point of needing uh, the forgiveness of God, of needing salvation from my sins, because I believe I'm perfectly fine. Uh, you know, I'm a good person. I do good things. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, and, and depending on how much good I do and all these things, you know, good things will happen or not. Uh, you know, but you got to start with understanding that we are all filthy, right? That's what uh, it says here is that, you know, uh, cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. You know, we are going after idols, which is anything other than what God, uh, anything other than what who God really is, right? And uh, so it starts off with, uh, with the grace of forgiveness, okay? The gospel is number one about the grace of God's forgiveness. And this is something that God does, right? He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, right? And you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Okay. So number one, he, uh, he cleanses us. Okay. He gives us forgiveness. He declares us righteous, you know, through Christ. Okay. The second part of the gospel is, uh, is the, uh, the transformation of the internal change, right? And that we find in verse 26, Ezekiel 36 and verse 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so he's going to do, uh, you know, the, the gospel is about internal change. Okay. The grace of internal change. So you don't, the work of the gospel doesn't stop. Okay. When somebody comes and gives you the the, the gospel meaning, you know, the first part, which is, you know, if you believe in Christ, you'll be saved, uh, you know, and, uh, um, and you have eternal life. Okay. That's all true. But uh, the work of the gospel, that's only the beginning of the work of the gospel. Okay. It has to then move on to this part, which is the internal change. Okay. And then the third part is the empowerment to live. Okay. And we find that in the gospel as well. The, the power to live according to the commands of God, verse 27, I will put uh, my spirit within you, that is the Holy Spirit, right? When you believe in Christ, you, you get the Holy Spirit of God within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. So, so you know, as God transforms us internally and, and as we, um, we utilize the power of the Holy Spirit that's within us, you know, we get that power to live, right? And that of two is the work of the gospel. So the work of the gospel is, a lifelong process. It starts at the point where you realize, and I realize that we are a sinner, right? We have no hope. We are filthy. We need cleansing and we turn to Christ. Okay. And he cleanses us. He declares us righteous, but that's only the beginning. Then he starts the gospel, the work of the gospel in terms of the internal change in our hearts and then the power to live and the power to obey, right? And more and more, as we get more conformed to the image of, of Christ, you know, God's son, uh, you know, that power within us grows, right? And sin becomes less dominant and righteousness becomes more dominant in our practical life, right? So those are the, the three parts of the, um, uh, of, the, uh, of the gospel of, of, of grace. So 
you know, as children, why, why do we why do we say that the gospel is central to parenting? Okay, parenting is not, as we'll see in a few minutes, you know, it's it's not about producing, you know, well-educated children, well-behaved children, uh, children who uh, you know are very responsible in society. These are all great, uh, you know, great goals to have, but but ultimately that's not the goal, right? Uh, it is that you want them to really internalize the message of the gospel and it starts with them understanding their sinfulness right so that they may experience you know in in god's time the grace of forgiveness right and that forgiveness you know you are preparing the ground you know for them to accept that forgiveness for them preparing the ground for the internal change uh, that is within them right and you're preparing the ground for them to receive that empowerment of the holy spirit right and and, 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 and ultimately, it is God who saves and God who, who, who gets the gospel to work in their lives. But there's a lot that we as parents can do to prepare them and bring them to that point. We can't save them, but we can prepare them, right? And, and by the way, this happens with every person that's saved, okay? But God does it in different ways, okay? So we have people here at CBF who, uh, you know, were far, far away from God. They were not brought up in a godly home, in a Christian home. Uh, you know, or, or maybe they were brought up in a normal Christian home where, uh, you know, the Christianity was just about going to church and doing some good works, you know, no different than any other religion, right? Praying five times a day or going to temple or pilgrimage, uh, you know, uh, but there wasn't really any seriousness to the, you know, living uh, according to the gospel. But, uh, uh, but somehow God sought them out and he put them on this journey, right? But, uh, but I believe that, you know, what the word of God teaches us and why he tells us that we have to train our children is because, you know, when God puts a certain individual, okay, a certain child into uh, a gospel-centered home, okay, where the parents uh, have responded to the gospel, they're believers in Christ, they have accepted uh, the forgiveness in Christ, you know, that he, he does that. Uh, and his intent is that for those children, the journey, the gospel journey has to begin with home, at home. And has to begin with the parenting responsibility with us as parents, fulfilling the parental responsibility that we have towards our children. So it's not just, you know, we, we, we take on, uh, you know, we embrace the, the physical responsibilities of parenting, right? We need to take care of our kids. We need to feed them, make sure they're growing, take them to the doctor, you know, get them their vaccines, uh, you know, feed them and um, send them to school, educate them, provide for them, make sure they're, they're socially uh, adapting, make sure that, uh, you know, they build up their self-esteem. All of these things we embrace, okay? And we do that. Uh, and, uh, but, but we need to go far beyond that, right? We need to have as our goal that my child needs to understand the gospel. My child needs to understand he or she is a sinner, okay? And, and, and whatever we do, whether it's disciplining, whether it's training, whether it's teaching, whatever it is, we, we have to come back to this and say, you know, is it aligned with this purpose, okay? So, so that's why uh, the centrality of the gospel is, is so important. Okay? So with that, we're going, to, we're going to get into the first lesson, which is getting to the heart of behavior. So uh, we're going to start off with, uh, you know, with what does the scripture say about the heart? Okay? And the scripture says a lot of things about the heart. All right. And we're going to just look at a couple of verses. Uh, first of all, uh, Proverbs 4.23. We've all probably heard this, this, this verse. Uh, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Okay, it is the wellspring of life. When you talk about the heart, you know, it's talking about the seat of thinking or, 
you know, heart and mind are, are, are often used interchangeably. This is, not, this is not referring to the organ, you know, that's sitting somewhere over here in your chest that's beating, okay? Uh, but in, in literature and in common conception, the heart is sort of referring to, uh, you know, your, your seat of thinking, okay? Well, what the, the, the mind and, 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 and things that drive you, right? How you think. So he says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. So what this, what this means is that, you know, wellspring, okay? What is a wellspring? You know, wellspring is something from which, um, you know, something gushes out, right? If it's a, a bore well, okay, it's, a, it's something from which water rushes out. You know, I've been dealing for the last two days with the property or the, the plot opposite where we live. They've been digging a bore well and it was noisy and noisy for the last two days. They've been digging and digging and digging, trying to get that wellspring of water to gush out, right? Um, so, uh, you know, the heart uh, is the source of life, essentially. Okay? It is the source of, uh, of all the, the, the way in which we live our hearts, our lives, uh, you know, and, and it's a very graphic word picture, right? So it is the well from which all of the issues of life um, gush out, okay? So, so that's what scripture says about the heart. And so this concept of the heart is very important. And then when we go to what the Lord Jesus says in, in the Gospels, Matthew 7, verse 21, he says, from within out of man's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. Okay, wow, what a list, right? I mean, you can't think of too many sins that he, in that one verse, in that one statement, right? Um, and... Uh, and when we look at all of these things, these are all things that manifest themselves externally, right? Uh, you know, sexual immorality, theft, murder. But ultimately, all of these things come from where? From within, out of man's hearts, right? So it's, a, it's an outpouring of what's in the heart, right? Um, you know, you can do a lot of things on the outside that are good. Uh, but, you know, but, but uh, ultimately, you know, it's, it's what's in the heart that really drives your thoughts, it drives your actions ultimately, right? So from within, out of the man's heart. So Jesus was very, very clear uh, on this point that uh, these evils uh, in action and speech, you know, you can't, um, you know, uh, let's say somebody's um, speaking evil stuff, okay? Now you can stop that if you just cut off their tongues, right? Uh, but ultimately that evil, unless you fix the heart problem, that evil will uh, continue to come out in some other form. It won't be through words, but it'll be through other actions, right? So, uh, th and that's why Jesus, you know, when Jesus uh, did this a lot, right? Where he said, uh, you know, you have said it is, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that if you commit uh, adultery with a woman, right? You have sinned. But what does he say? He says, but I say unto you, right? That if you look upon a woman with lust, Right? That's the hard attitude. If, if your heart is lusting after a woman, you may not actually go and do anything with her physically. You may not actually sleep with her. But, uh, but you have still committed adultery in your heart. Right? And that's true with, uh, with all these things. Right? You, might, you might not actually steal. But, but if you covet, right? that's why it's, it's called the, 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 the Ten Commandments about covetousness. Right? Desiring. Even desiring what somebody has that doesn't belong to you is akin to stealing, right? So, so that's what Jesus, when he said those things, uh, you know, he was trying to emphasize this point that, that, that what is needed is change of the heart, not external behavior. And remember, he was speaking to the 
the Jewish people, you know, the Pharisees, the, the, the people there who had created all these laws because their religion had become all external, right? And they were focused on, and their thinking was that, uh, well, you know, if I don't sleep with a woman, then, then I'm fine. I've not committed adultery. And he was trying to get them to, to understand that it's not about what, whether you do or don't do, you know, physically, right? But it's about what's in your heart. And so this is a common thing in Jesus. You know, he criticizes the, the, the Pharisees and, the, and, and all those kind of things, uh, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and we see this throughout, uh, you know, throughout scriptures, right? And then, um, then we go to Luke 6, verse 45. And here it says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Okay, so this is the same, same point again coming through, uh, you know, with a different illustration here. And it talks about speaking, right? So, so again, uh, what is in your heart is what comes out. And, and wh why is this important for, uh, for uh, raising children? Uh, because these, these are very instructive passages. Okay? These are very foundational passages where you need to understand that when you're dealing with your child, okay, uh, whatever your child does comes out of the heart. right? Uh, and that starts almost on day one when the child is born. Okay, uh, because, uh, you know, David says in the Psalms, you know, uh, in sin did my mother conceive me. Okay? So that child is conceived, not just born in sin, but conceived in sin from the moment of conception. You know, that sin nature is in that child. Okay, and, 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 and that child comes out of the mother's womb. And from day one, that sin nature is there. Okay, and, and the heart is not in the right place. And we see that as a child grows up, you know, uh, one of the first words that a child learns is the word no, right? Uh, all of you have children, you've experienced this, and nobody taught them, you know, you never taught them to say no, but they learn it, right? And I don't know how they learn it, but they do, right? And they somehow know that no means, uh, you know, that uh, I'm expressing my, uh, you know, my uh, dissatisfaction, I'm expressing my, my unwillingness to do what you are asking me to do. So, so we need to always keep going back to the heart and our actions are, understand that our actions are a reflection of what is in heart. So very often uh, where this impacts child, uh, you know, raising children is that we tend to be very focused on the outward behavior. You know, we need to, we tend to be focused on all of these kind of things, you know, what, what is coming out, right? Rather than the source. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the question that the author in this chapter asks us is this, what is your goal in discipline? Okay, what is your goal in, in discipline? And very often what we find, and we have, we have to be honest with, uh, with ourselves, is that, uh, is that the goal we have for discipline is to change the behavior of our children. So if you ask your parents, well, what, what are you struggling with? And, um, you know, we might hear things like, uh, you know, my child is not eating uh, you know, his vegetables, my child is, uh, uh, is, is disobeying and not sitting quietly, or my child is not doing this when I ask them to, or doing that when I ask them not to, you know, my child is beating up his brother or his sister fighting, you know, and these are all things of obviously, you know, we want as an end result that these behaviors should change. Okay, I'm not uh, arguing against behavior change, but ultimately that should not be the goal, okay, because what you can do is children you know, being sinners are very smart. Okay, they can figure out very quickly 
what behaviors the parents want, okay, and uh, and what they don't want. And they will, you know, if their heart change is not there, if they don't understand the why, okay, of of the you know of, of the change that needs to happen or why they should behave a certain way or not behave another way and if they don't understand that then uh, then inevitably what happens is they become uh, you know they become like the pharisees okay? they do things on the outside to please you right they become men pleasers right and there's no change in their hearts so behavior is an issue but it is not the core issue it is not the basic issue right the basic issue is is what is going on in the heart. And our focus should be on addressing those issues of the heart. Uh, and then, you know, as the, as the heart changes, the behavior will change as well. Okay, so, you know, your child's needs are more profound than his aberrant behavior. So the real need of the child is, yes, we want to fix the aberrant behavior, right? Uh, but, but if you're really, uh, uh, if you really want to help him or her, you know, you've got to be concerned with the attitudes of the heart. Okay, in fact, Matthew 15, 8, the Lord Jesus is speaking uh, about the, the Pharisees here. And he says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And, and if you look today, you know, we see so many uh, uh, young people, especially, you know, people, young people of the age of, say, 17, you know, 16, 17. Maybe some of you are here listening to me here. You know, you grew up in a certain culture. You grew up in believing homes. You've been bombarded with the with the do's and don'ts, okay, I'm not even, I was going to say the gospel, but maybe not the gospel, the do's and don'ts, okay, of what is acceptable, uh, what is, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and typically the reason you get of why you shouldn't do something is because, um, you know, what are people going to think, okay, what's going to happen to the reputation of my family or our family, right, and, uh, and the focus is not on changing the heart, getting them to understand, and that behavior being an outflow of a change in heart, Right, and so what happens is when they, uh, you know, when 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 you when they are visible to you, you know, in public, they behave a certain way, and they do a really good job. Of people might even say, "Oh, what good kids!" You know, they're so quiet. They sit, um, you know, they sit there quietly. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people come and commend, uh, commend me, and commended us before when you know when they see our kids come and they sit quietly at the meetings, okay? and they say, "How do you do that?" Well. Um, you know, the fact is every one of those children, you know, because we see them all the time, they all have serious heart issues. Okay. And the fact that they're sitting quietly at the meeting doesn't mean anything if, if we're not addressing those heart issues, right? So change of behavior should stem from a change in the heart. And that's really what the goal of parenting is. That's why this is called shepherding a child's heart. Okay. We are trying to shepherd. So it's like, you think about that image of the shepherd, right? The, the shepherd has got this flock of sheep and he's using his staff, right? And one of them is sort of wandering off the path and you sort of go and, you know, give it a little knock and send it back, right? And when you do that, another one is going off, give it a knock, right? You, you give them some direction, right? And you're trying to train them to think. And the earlier you start this, you know, the easier it is, okay? The later you wait to do this, the more difficult it is. And that's why... You know, this is this is really important, right? That we that we look at the heart of the behavior, and that's what this chapter is. So, when it comes to correction and discipline, right? Certainly, we want to require proper behavior, okay? Uh, because God's law demands it. God's law says, you know, uh, thou shalt do this or thou shalt not do that, 
Okay, and we want to we want them to behave properly. I'm not de-emphasizing behavior, but that shouldn't be the end uh, the, the end objective, right? We need to do go much deeper. We need to dig deeper to because what you find is that if your child, you know, if their heart is right, you know, if their heart attitudes are right, uh, you know, what happens is you can you can bind them with a lot of laws, uh, a lot of rules, okay, and you can say don't go here, don't go that. You can be friends with that person. You can be friends with this person. You know, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. You know, you've got to read your Bible, uh, go to church, all these kind of things. And, and that's why we find a lot of children when they, uh, when they leave home, right? We see a lot of, you know, 15, 16, 17 year olds who come from wherever they're from, you know, from their homes and they come into the college environment and they've got freedom and they go off the rails, right? Because really their heart was never there. Maybe they were never saved to begin with or, or, or it was just a show that they were putting on, right? To please their parents, to please their relatives uh, and the community that they were in because, you know, we are, we are, we are community-oriented people and we know what the, the norms of our uh, social norms are expected of us. And it's very easy for us to, to behave that way, right? Because we are required to just out of habit and out of understanding that that's what people want to see. And that keeps you out of trouble, right? You don't want to deal with, you know, your parents uh, if they find out that you're doing something wrong. Uh, but if if they if you're doing that just outwardly like the Pharisees, then uh, you know you you're going to just go off, right? Because you really haven't built the capacity to 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 discern. You haven't built the capacity to know how to evaluate right and wrong. Because right and wrong, you know, and laws, uh, you know, they're not static. Okay? Uh, the world changes. And things that were, you know, there are a lot of things going on today. There are temptations and things that were never even, that didn't even exist in the old days, right? So, um, you know, take uh, things like pornography, for example. Okay? In the old days, you had to actually get uh, a magazine, okay? You had to get a literature, a piece of paper to, to get into it. We know that since the advent of the internet, uh, that got easier. And now with, you know, phones that connect to the internet, it's even more easier. You know, and, and so, you know, you could, you could, you could have had a rule that said you, you're not supposed to buy or purchase or read these kind of books, but today that doesn't make any sense, right? So there's all kinds of different things that stimulate you that were never there before. But if your heart attitude is, you know, and you understand why is pornography wrong, okay? And, and my heart, if in my heart I have an abhorrence to evil, I abhor evil, you know, then I, I will understand evil in all its forms, no matter what form it comes in. And, and that is what will then prompt me to avoid those things, right? And to stay away from them and, and understand the danger of it. So, so what you have to do when you correct and discipline, and we'll talk, uh, you know, a lot more detail about this, about reproof and reward and all these kind of things, is, is we need to, you know, when a child, you know, you, one of the things that children do a lot is they ask a lot of questions, right? So, you know, as your child is growing up, they want to know this, they want to know that. And those are great opportunities to have conversations with the child and, and expose the attitudes of the heart. That is the cause of the wrong behavior. Okay, um, and for every one of these attitudes of the heart, there's an antidote in scripture. Okay, so so let's just do do something here uh, uh, quickly. If if we can just uh, okay, so uh, so let's uh, let's look at some um, you know let's look at some scripture texts. Okay. And I want you in this text to identify, I'm going to pick on you, okay? So get your Bibles up. Um, so I want you to identify the, 
the uh, the, uh, the the external action, right? Uh, sorry, the external action is, is there. I wanted to identify what is the heart issue or what is the heart attitude behind that external action, and then tell me, um, you know, uh, what is the the opposite of it? Or what does the scripture? Or what is a hard attitude that that the scripture has as the antidote to that? Okay, so so I will just pick on uh, Agnes. Um, Agnes, can you read Romans twelve nineteen, please? Nineteen, huh? Twelve nineteen, yeah. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Yeah. For it is written, it is mine avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Says the Lord, yeah. So vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So Agnes, what is the uh, what is the attitude of the heart that's coming out here? Uh, what is the desire of the heart? When someone does what's what's the desire of the heart is to take revenge. Take revenge, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so does this happen with children? Yes, very much. Very much, right? So, so what they do is, and how do they take revenge? It's uh, it's like kids, no? I mean, I have two sons, so they'll say, okay, he didn't allow me to do this, so why should I? He has made the mess, so why should I clean up? You know, all those. Or, or sometimes, if it's worse, they'll call them some name, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Or, uh, he called or me. Even noob. worse. He called uh, me. No. So, I called him this. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. And 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 then uh, and then sometimes they might even hit them, right? They might throw something at them, right? Yeah. You know, I've had kids do that. So and then when you get into it, you find out well, why did you throw that? Okay. So what's what what's the typical next uh, answer? Well, because, because he did something to me, right? You know, he grabbed my toy or he said, or he called me a mean name or whatever, right? So that's a desire for revenge. So, so that, that, so the hard attitude that's coming out there is, is revenge. Okay. So what is the, uh, what is the real antidote to that? What, what is the attitude that would be the attitude, the attitude that God desires in hearts that would counteract that? God wants us to leave it on him. Yeah. And, and leave it on him. And what should we do? If somebody has wronged us, what should we do? I mean, I will say that just leave it on God and pray that God, yeah. whatever is. No, that's an action. That's an action. But but what is the what does God really want us to do if we have been wronged? Forgive that person. Forgive that person. Exactly. Thank you, Jeffrey. So so the the real what you have to change the change you want there is to go from desire to revenge to willingness to forgive okay uh, so so that's one example so let's move to somebody else um, who am i going to pick uh, maybe i'll pick a pick a single uh, who's a good single here let's see there's a lot of couples here uh, okay irene yeah okay can you read deuteronomy 725 please deuteronomy 725 you shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire. You shall not covet the silver or gold that is mm -hmm. on them, nor take it for yourselves, lest you be snared by it, for it is an abomination to the Lord your God. Okay. All right. So, uh, so um, what is what is the sin that's talked about here? Basically, um, other gods. Yeah, but uh, talk about the, the part where he talks about Covet, covetousness. Yeah. So what is covetousness? Covetousness is 
you know, I talked about it earlier. It's, it's desiring something that somebody else has. Okay. So, so the heart attitude, when you want something, okay. Right. So mm -hmm. the outward action is that I want something, right. I'm grabbing for something. I'm, I'm trying to pick up something that's not mine, that belongs to somebody else. Right. So what is the heart attitude? It is the attitude of covetousness. Okay. So what is the antidote to that? What is the opposite? What, what heart attitude would cause you to not, uh, you know, not act in that way? You have to start giving maybe? Uh, yeah, well, giving is, uh, is another action, but, but think about the heart attitude. So why are you, why are you coveting? Basically, um, your desire is on the wrong things or... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your desire is on something you don't have, right? Yeah. So, so what's the opposite of that? What, what, the, the attitude that we should have? It starts with a C. Just like covet. Being satisfied or being content, right? Yeah. Okay. So contentment, contentment with what you have okay, prevents covetousness or it's an antidote to covetousness. And when you're content with what you have, then you're not going to behave in that way to, uh, you know, to, um, you know, to go after somebody else, right? Yeah. So, uh, so, so this is just some examples, okay? So uh, let's take one more, one or two more maybe. Um, okay, Raj. Raj Kamal. Yes, Uncle. Yeah, yeah, okay. So Raj, uh, can you read uh, Proverbs 10 verse 12, please? Yeah, so I'm going to read it in Hindi. Okay. Se to utpan hote hai, prem se sab yeah. So what is the what is the negative attitude of the heart of the heart issue in this verse? So what I understood is if you don't uh, if you don't love to each other, then it's going to make a big problem. No, no, that's fine. But but there is a there is a heart attitude there. That's that's referred to. Okay, there's two heart attitudes. You mentioned love, but what's the other one? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's coming out in the Hindi, but the word, the the attitude there is in English says hatred. Okay, hatred stirs up strife. Okay, right? Is that is that what it says in Hindi? Does it have a word for hatred in the? He said bear say, bear say, bear is uh, uh, hatred. Hatred, yeah. Yeah. So, so hatred is the, is the attitude, okay? And, and notice the, the, the behavior, right? Hatred stirs up strife, okay? So when you hate somebody, it leads to conflict with them, okay? Now what, what and this is a good one to, to, to use as an example. So when you have strife between children or children and parents or whatever, right? Uh, between two children, uh, you know, what you see on the outside is the strife, okay? So what you see on the outside is the fighting, the, the bad words, the, uh, you know, the things like that. And we can always stop that, okay? All, all I got to do is say, you know, uh, I, I can say, Josiah or Danny, don't you ever hit Josiah again, all right? And if you hit him again, I'm going to give you, you know, you're going to get a nice whack on your bottom, all right? Now, he may not hit him again, all right, or maybe at least he won't hit him again for a, for a while. But but really, you know, all I've done there is I have I have addressed the outward behavior, right? I have not addressed that in his heart. Okay, what should he be having? He should be having love for his brother, 
All right. He should be having love for his brother, but instead he's got a root of hatred. There's something in his heart, you know, that, that now maybe we can, you know, their brothers, the hatred may not be of a level of, you know, the way adults might hate or something, but, but at the root of it is that there is a lack of love and lack of love is hate, right? The opposite of love is hate. So, so, so this is the, the point I'm trying to make here is that, you know, when we discipline, when we correct, you know, we tend to focus on the outward behavior, right? We don't peel back the onion and go down and say, you know what, you know what, Danny, uh, what attitude does that show to your brother? You know, are you being loving to your brother? No, you're not. And you know what's the opposite of love? Opposite of love is hate. Do you hate your brother? Uh, you know, you'd probably say no, but then you got to help them understand that, yes, in fact, there is hatred in your heart, okay, for whatever reason, right? And we need to peel back that onion and, and understand that, okay? Um, let's go to somebody else. Um, all right, uh, Rovina. Rovina, yeah. Can you uh, turn, please, to... Psalm 17 and verse 10. They close up their callous hearts and their mouths speak with arrogance. Yeah, so 1710, they have closed up their what hearts? Callous hearts. Callous hearts or fat hearts. With their mouths, they speak proudly or as with you arrogance. said, arrogance. Right? So what is, the, what is the, the attitude of the heart behind this, uh, you know, behind what is described here? Uh, arrogance? Arrogance or pride, right? Pride, yeah. So, uh, you know, with their mouths, they speak proudly, okay? So again, the outward behavior is something they say with their mouth, right? So, you know, children will always say a lot of things, right? And, and it might be something hurtful. Uh, and we can always say, don't you, you know, and, and our first reaction is always, don't you ever say anything like that, okay? Or don't you talk to that person in that way, right? But... But what that is really showing is, is the, the, the root behind it is that they have pride. They think they're better. Okay. They are arrogant. Right. And that's the attitude you've got to deal with. And what's the opposite of that? Rubina? What's the opposite of pride or arrogance? Uh, humility. Humility. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, so, you know, you've got to, you've got to take that child and, and help them to understand that their hard attitude is one of pride and arrogance. Right. But what does God desire? is that they should have an attitude of humility. Think less of themselves. Think more of somebody else. Okay. Um, you know, I have, I have, I have uh, uh, you know, a couple of my kids, you know, who, who are always sort of in conflict with each other. Okay. And one of them has this tendency to always put somebody down. So for example, the one guy will make something, you know, he might make a paper airplane or something, you know, and, 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 and he'll come and say, oh, look, look, look at the paper airplane I made, you know. And the other guy will say, well, yeah, but look at it. It's messed up over here. You know? Okay. So, so it's putting down. All right. That, that's an attitude of pride. All right. Because he wants to show, put the other person down and uplift himself and, 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 and so on. Right. So, so that's, that's an attitude of pride. So just like that, you know, you can see in scripture itself, you know, there's a lot of verses like this uh, that, uh, that talk to us about this. And we need to really focus down. Okay, drill down and understand that every time a child behaves a certain way, okay, we as parents need to understand, just think a little, okay, dig in a little in our own minds and understand what is the hard attitude that this child is showing, okay, and have a conversation with them about that, right? So, so our task, your task, my task is to 
explore with your child the possible motives for his or her actions and to help them learn to discern what is going on within. And, and let me come back to this, the gospel. Okay? Why is this important to the gospel? It's because this is building up in them that understanding that, you know what, I am a sinner. Okay, I have a lot of evil in my heart, even though I'm little, you know, even though I do a lot of good things, yes, but still, okay, the words that I'm saying, the things that I'm doing, the actions that I'm taking towards my siblings and others, you know, uh, the attitudes that I'm exhibiting, they all reveal that I'm a sinner. And if you don't have that conversation with them, they will keep thinking, you know, that they're all fine, right? And so we need to help them explore the possible motives for their actions and to help them to learn to discern uh, you know what is going on within their hearts right that's what that's what we're talking about okay so uh, so how do we do that we ask questions that draw them out okay not yes no type questions you know so you know typically somebody hits somebody you know uh, and this is a very easy example to use okay hitting you know um, and you ask them did you hit your brother uh, well, you know and uh, that's a yes no question okay that doesn't draw them out right um, so we need to ask questions that are more open-ended, okay? uh, you know, try to probe and see how does this action or speech result from a lack of knowledge, trust, and obedience to God. Okay? One of the examples that we didn't talk about uh, that's getting to more sophisticated things is fear. Okay? In Psalm 56, it talks about being afraid. Right? So sometimes you know, your child may be afraid. Right? Which, what, is a, what does that do? That, 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 that's an attitude of the heart is fear. Right? And the antidote to fear is trust, okay, trust in God. So, so I just use some simple examples that, that we can easily recognize, but you, know, you can take it up to another level as well. So how does this actions or speech result from a lack of knowledge, trust, and obedience to God? Okay, so take, for example, this classic one, okay, uh, you know, classic response to fighting over toys, all right? So now if you are a parent, uh, most parents will, will you know, uh, one kid says, well, he took my toy, okay? Uh, he grabbed my toy from me, okay? And then, so what is the typical parental response is to say, well, who had it first? Okay, all right? Right, Agnes is smiling, okay? Well, who had it first? Okay, give it back to him, all right? Now, what have you done there? You have made that into uh, purely an issue of justice, okay? Just an issue of justice, not... Uh, you know, not uh, you've, you've really not gotten into the, the crux of the issue. Okay, so um, so so definitely, you know, uh, you know, he, here we have uh, you know much more than that. Okay, so what is the real underlying heart issue? Okay, so let, let me just read the passage from the book. Okay, let's take a familiar example from any home where there, where there are two or more children. The children are playing and a fight breaks out over a particular toy. The classic response is, who had it first? This response misses the heart issue. Who had it first is an issue of justice. Justice operates in favor of the child who was the quicker draw in getting the toy. If we look at this situation in terms of the heart, the issues change. Now you have two offenders. So actually, there are two kids here who have offended in terms of their heart attitude. Both children are displaying a hardness of heart toward the other. Okay, both are being selfish. So one has the toy and he wants to keep it. The other one covets the toy that the other one has and he wants to get it, right? They're both displaying a selfish heart attitude, all right? Both children are saying, I don't care about you or your happiness. 
I am only concerned about myself. I want this toy. My happiness depends on possessing it. I will have it and be happy regardless of what that means to you. So they're not thinking about, you know what, my brother wants it or my sister wants it. You know, they'll be hurt. You know, and, and, and their whole attitude, they're approaching this whole issue from the perspective of what, you know, I want what I want, right? I am selfish. In terms of heart issues of the heart, you have two sinning children. Two children are preferring themselves before the other. Two children are breaking God's law. Sure, the circumstances are different. One is taking the toy that the other has. The other is keeping the advantage. The circumstances are different. But the heart issue is the same. I want my happiness even at your expense. You see then how hard attitudes direct behavior. This is always true. All behavior is linked to attitudes of the heart. Therefore, discipline must address the attitude of the heart. Right. So the real issue here is selfishness. And, and when you have this, this is a great opportunity for you to show them that they're selfish. Okay. So this is not just about changing their behavior. Now, you may have a talk with them and they may not change immediately. But, but you know, over time, as you continue to do that, you, know, you will find that, that these lessons are seeping in and, and are impacting them. Right. Uh, and so that's, um, that's, really, uh, that's really important. Okay? Um, so let me, uh, let me just uh, maybe, uh, maybe ask a few more questions so that we can have, uh, you know, in the ne next few minutes that we have. Um, so, so let's talk about, uh, you know, discuss some of the things that we've, we've talked about. So what are some of the reasons? So we all know that we get sidetracked with behavior. Okay. So what are some of the reasons why you as a parent get sidetracked with behavior? Uh, let's see, let me pick somebody, Gene, uh, uh, Gene Thomas, do you get sidetracked with behavior? I guess you and, uh, and Ruby there. Yes, uh, I think the problem is mostly it's easier to address the issue at hand rather than giving it a long thought and then coming back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what else? What are some other reasons why we get sidetracked with behavior? Because that is more apparent sometimes. It's yeah. yeah, that's right. So it's visible and you think and, and, and our, our psyche is such that we just want to deal with the behavior, right? What, what might be some other reasons? Let me, uh, let me uh, pick on Ajit maybe. Ajit and Merlin. Why, why do we focus so much on behavior as, as human beings? I mean, when your child is misbehaving, what are some of your motivations to deal just with the behavior? Let Merlin answer that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not necessarily talking about you. Just think generically of the parent. Okay. I mean, Gene said one of the things is that, you know, well, because it's easier to deal with. Yes, that's true. But what might be some other reasons why we, you know, let's say, let's say you are out in public and your child is screaming his head off. What, what is the motivation there to focus on the behavior? Yeah, you just want to avoid some embarrassment. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Because it's embarrassing. And, and what are people going to think, you know? Right? What are people going to think? Uh, you know, in the US, the big example they use is when you go to the supermarket, you know? When you go to the supermarket and your st child starts, uh, you know, start demanding things, right? And some child, children just throw a fit. You know, I never had the fit experience, but, but I remember, you know, uh, you know, way back when my kids were small, when Lisa and Timothy were small, I would, I would go out to do the shopping, you know, and, uh, and this is back in the days, uh, you know, when, when we didn't have smartphones and all that. So the list, so I had a list that, that Sarah would give me long list once a week, 
you know, to go and buy all the stuff. And I would take Lisa and Timothy with me. And uh, I don't know if Lisa's there listening somewhere. Uh, but um, yeah, she is. So, um, so we would go in there and to the store and, and I'd be working down the list, going through all the aisles, picking up the stuff. And, and every aisle she would find, dad, dad, can I have that? Can I have that? Can I have this? Can I have that? Uh, and, then, and then I would say, uh, you, know, and I, you know, I didn't want to say no to her, but then I would blame her mom. I said, no, mom didn't put it on the list. Okay. So, uh, so then, you know, she'd say, oh, that didn't stop her from the next aisle. She wanted this, she wanted that. You know? And then after a while you get frustrated, say, be quiet, I can't get you this stuff, right? So, um, but then, then after a while, Timothy sort of caught on to that and he would say, you know, he would, every time she would ask something and she'd say, Lisa, don't you know, dad doesn't get anything but what's on the list, you know, so, uh, so just a, just a funny memory it doesn't have much to do with the point here. But, but this, this thing of public embarrassment is very, it, it's obviously a, a natural instinct, right, that, that you want to. Uh, you know, you want the child to be quiet. You don't want the child to be embarrassing you. you know, what are people going to think about you? Uh, you know, and, and all of these kind of things, right? So, so clearly, these are all motivations for why we get sidetracked with the behavior. And I think both of those reasons are probably the primary ones. One is sort of what's everybody going to think. The other is, you know, it's much easier to deal with. Uh, you know, and th and that matter of what people think, it goes on. You know, when it's a kid, it's just about crying or you know, or making noise or something like that, right? Or, or say you come to church, right? And the child uh, starts crying, right? It's, it's like, oh, everybody else starts turning around and looking at you, right? So obviously you get mad and, you know, you want to go out and give them a whack, you know, and tell them to be quiet, right? You know, not the right reaction, but, but we're focused on that behavior, right? So, um, uh, you know, and then, and then as the child grows, this becomes really dangerous, okay? Because... What ends up happening if you're not dealing with the issues of the heart is what you're teaching the child is what's important is outward behavior, right? Because then you start telling them things like, well, you can't go there because what are people going to think? Okay, you can't go to a bar because, you know, think about our testimony or think about our reputation. You know, I'm the elder of the church. Okay? Now, I'm not saying they should go to the bar. Okay, my point is, you know, do you deal with the issue the heart issues that's driving them to that behavior, right? If you start at a young age, then you can have the discussion based on the heart issues, right? So in order to have that heart issue discussion when they're older, okay, you've got to start doing it with the simple things when they're much younger, okay? Um, so, uh, you know, focusing on behavior rather than on the heart has negative results. Focusing on, focus on changing behavior will tempt you to become a behaviorist, okay? So there's a term for this, it's called being a behaviorist or behaviorism. Okay, what is behaviorism? Behaviorism is the attempt to control or constrain behavior through offering negative or positive consequences. Anybody done that? You know, if you be quiet, then when you get home, I'm going to give you a lollipop. Right? Anybody tried that? Okay, or I'll give you chocolate. Right? Uh, okay, so what are some of the things that you have done to change behavior without focusing on the heart issues? Is there anybody? Want to volunteer? What, what are some issues? Uh, let me pick somebody with... Uh, Preeti, are you there? Preeti, Matthew. Do you have any examples? If you finish your work quickly, you can watch a movie or... Yeah, uh, yeah. That, um, it's kind of bribing them so that... Yeah, so, right. So it's always, it's about, it's about some incentive, right? Some, 
some positive reinforcement or something, right? Or something good will happen or something bad won't happen. So, so these are typically the way we do this, right? So rather than, rather than uh, exploring the heart issues behind the wrong behavior, uh, that then requires, so again, the point is not that, that behavior is not important. Of course, it's important, right? But, but we need to dig deeper, right? So uh, let me just read something from the workbook here. Concern for heart issues leads to the cross of Christ. Okay, and I'll wrap up with this. So why is it important? Why is it important that we dig down into the heart? Okay, it's because concern for heart issues underscores the need for a savior. It provides you with opportunities to point your children to the willing, able, powerful savior of sinners. He is the only one who does heart transplant surgery. He removes hearts of stone and implants hearts of flesh. We read that in Ezekiel 26. Okay, so the point of this is, you know, sometimes we think it's a formula that if we start they, getting into the heart issue, they'll change immediately. It's not going to happen immediately. Okay? But, but you'll see change over time. And what you need to do is, you know, get them to admit, you know what, yeah, the reason I hit my brother is, you know, and, 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 uh, and I've had this conversation many times with, with my younger kids in their younger days, <clears throat> you know, is, um, is that, you know, you really do have a hatred for your brother, don't you? You know, you don't want your brother to look good, right? And, and they admit it. And then you have that conversation, say, do you know why? Why do you have hate, right? What a great way to get to that conversation of the gospel and of sin, right? The reason you have hate is because you were born in sin. Why were we born in sin? Because Adam sinned and all men inherited that sin nature. And you know what? You can't change that. You know, only the Lord Jesus can change that, okay? Uh, and he has to change your heart. But you need to understand that you're a sinner and you have hatred. And you see how bad that is and see what damage it causes to your brother, okay? And you need to ask the Lord to bring love into your heart in place of that hatred, right? And you can have them say a prayer. We'll talk more about this later, right? But when you start doing that consistently, right, bringing them back to the heart issue, then you'll find that, you know, they start, they start grasping this point that they're a sinner and that they need Jesus, right? And then it's easy to explain to them why Jesus came and why he had to die because, you know, God required a penalty to be paid for their sin. So that again comes back to the centrality of the gospel. Okay, so, um, so, so here's the, that's the key to the lesson today is, is to accept and understand as parents that, that the thing we need to focus on is the heart, right? Not just the outward behavior, okay, uh, but, but the heart. Now, if your child is doing something extremely damaging, you know, like he's beating up his brother with a, you know, baseball bat or a cricket bat or something, please uh, don't try to deal with heart issue right there, okay? Stop him first. All right, then you go and deal with the heart issue. So we're not talking about, again, this is not a formula, okay? This is about your approach to parenting, right? You, you apply common sense and practical reality, you know, to the practical, uh, practical situation and do, the, do the, what, what makes sense. But at the end of the day, after you take care of that, make sure that nobody's, you know, beating up each other, separate them, then you take them aside and have the conversation to delve into the heart, okay? All right, so that's pretty much all I had to cover today. Uh, does anybody have any questions they want to ask? Or uh, you know, I see some chats. Let me check them out. Yeah, so this is about, uh, you know, uh, what motivates us to focus on behavior, our image and reputation, our social standing. We talked about that. I don't know what happened with my speaker. Okay, that's Jitain. No problem, Jitain. Um, uh, lack of being able to articulate the fundamental heart issues and the lack of knowledge of scripture to bring out the right attitude. Yeah, that's very, uh, 
that's very right. Uh, I think this was uh, uh, Jason or, or Shiny saying this. Uh, this is this is very correct. So uh, and uh, and perhaps I should have gotten into that. That uh, and we'll get into that later. But you know, in order to understand the heart issues, you know, it really requires you to understand. You know, uh, some of these these heart issues, and you need, excuse me, you need to have knowledge of the scriptures, right? Which is why, as a parent, um, uh, you know, uh, you have to you have to be in the word yourself, okay? So, uh, so you know, there is the the verse that uh, talks about the scriptures, right? That uh, you know that uh, uh, the, the talks about the two-edged sword, right? For the word of God, Hebrews four twelve. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So how do you discern the thoughts and intents of the heart? It is by the word of God. Okay? It's by taking the word of God. And when you talk to your children, you want to take them to the word of God because what you're also doing by doing this is establishing the primacy of the word of God. Okay, in your discipline, in your parenting, in your life, so that they understand that the word of God is absolute. Okay, the word of God is our guidebook that we live by. And so for that, you have to be in the word of God, which is why, you know, we keep coming back to the same thing, whether you're young or old or married or unmarried, single, you know, you have to have those study. You have to spend time studying the word of God. You have to spend time learning the truths. You have to spend time memorizing the word of God. You know, if you're a parent, you know, you need to go sit down and, and list out these and the book will help you do that. You know, list out these hard attitudes. You know, there's, there's not that many of them, but you can sort of, you know, just slice them all down to a fairly finite list uh, and then put verses down, right? So you can take your child to those verses. So absolutely, you need to know um, scriptures. So uh, Tobin, I see, hey, Georgia. Hey, Tobin, uh, was there a question? Uh, no, George, sorry. Uh, so I just wanted to say that, you know, earlier you mentioned about this uh, uh, producing the fruit of gospel in our life, right? Mm. Uh, so I just wanted to say that uh, for such uh, gospel fruit production, there needs to be an inflow. And for that, we need to sit before the word of God at the same time um, to recognize heart issue. I think one of the things that needs to be done is we ourselves need to show our children that even we have heart issues. Yeah. You know, we struggle. Yeah. And this is how the gospel helps us work through those things. So, um, you know, at least in my conversations with young people, I see a lot of them who say that, you know, my parents asked me to do a lot of things, whereas they are like hypocrites. They don't read the Bible. They don't do these things. So I think setting that mark straight will um, set an example for our ch children. Yeah. Uh, so just wanted to add that. As we yeah, said. no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I think and we'll, we'll get into all those things later. But, you know, us uh, showing our vulnerability and that we are also sinners because we can't position ourselves as being perfect, right? Because uh, they'll see right through that. Uh, and it actually uh, improves your credibility with your child when you own up to, uh, to something you've done wrong. Jean uh, has a question um, here. Uh, uh, when does discipline or punishment, okay, discipline means punishment, come into the heart? Uh, come in if the heart issue is the only dealt with always because the child will soon settle to a biblical lecture for his wrongdoing and may not comprehend the guilt, gravity of the situation. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Gene. So, so, by the way, dealing with the heart issue and is not to the exclusion of punishment. Okay, So there is a place for punishment and we'll, we'll get into that. So 
as we go through this class, you'll find out there's two main tools that, uh, that at least in the Bible, uh, it specifies. Okay, one is called reproof. Okay, and reproof is the communication, the rich, meaningful communication, getting to the heart issues. But then there's another tool, which is the rod. Okay, and the rod is the, the one for punishment, it's for chastening. Okay, but they both have to work together. So the problem that we have is that, uh, is that we tend to, you know, a lot of parenting, they, they go too much in one or the other, right? So some parents have this philosophy that, you know, and, and this is modern parenting, worldly parenting philosophy that says, you don't ever hit a child, you don't ever spank a child, okay? Um, you know, you only talk to them, right? Because you injure their self-esteem or whatever. There's all kinds of philosophies and theories around it. But, uh, you know, that's, that's not right. Neither is it right that, that you only deal with punishment and, and uh, you know, many of our parents might have been that way, right? We just got punished and beaten every time we did something wrong. Um, you know, uh, that, that's also not right. So, so you've got to get to that balance, right? And we'll talk about that, about what's the rod for, what's reproof for. And typically they always go together. So with the rod, there should also be reproof, right? So you're not dealing with heart issue to the exclusion of because children do need to learn that sin has consequences, okay? Uh, and, and, and part of the challenge of parenting is, is making the judgment call to say when, when is what they're doing uh, of such gravity that they need to, you know, they need to feel some pain, right? And they need to, uh, they need to have the consequences or, or feel those consequences. So that's, uh, that's important as well. So we will get to all those kind of things later, okay? All right, I think uh, that's uh, enough of a lesson uh, for today. Uh, I hope you guys understand this and, and you can start practicing this, okay? There's nothing, you don't have to wait for us to, like I said, there's nothing in this course that's gonna be, you know, some formula that, uh, you know, all your, uh, you know, all we're doing here is working through it. We'll, we'll talk in more detail about different techniques and tools that, the, that, that, that God has provided and you'll become more enriched. But, but the one thing you can do maybe taking out of this lesson is to anytime your child does something wrong, yes, correct them, but then think about to yourself, you know, well, what heart issue were they exhibiting, right? And then sit down with them and start having those conversations, okay? If you can do that, then you'll, uh, you will uh, certainly be making some progress in that, okay? Instead of just shouting at them and, you know, uh, you know, getting angry at them, be patient, sit down, and then they'll also you know, respond to that simply because they see that you're not, uh, you're not just, uh, you know, getting, getting mad at them, right? Uh, but, uh, but you're actually taking the time. And by the way, children will appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk to them about it. It's a great way to put some biblical truth into them and get them to start thinking along those lines, which they can then apply to their life. Okay, so let's, uh, let's stop the class here.